0: Hey there, this is It's All Good, a Block Club Chicago podcast. I'm your host, John Hanson, and this is episode 67. It's the last episode of 2022, and it's all about the stories we loved throughout the year. You're going to hear from a bunch of our staff on the stories that they just loved to cover, to photograph, to put together in newsletters, just some great stuff. Be sure to leave a rating, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and we'd love if you went to blockclubchicago.org and became a donor to our nonprofit profit newsroom i'll have more on that in a little bit this episode is sponsored in part by the american heart association we're going to check in with a cardiologist a little bit later in the episode about why the holidays are such a stressful time it can be a little dangerous too if you're not careful or paying attention to your heart it could also be the one podcast sponsor that saves you or a family member's life so that's a win-win all right let's get started with the stories we loved in 2022
1: Hey there, this is Jen Sabella. I am a co founder and executive editor at Black Club, and I'm going to take the less serious route and talk about a couple of my favorite stories we've done this year. Um, One is the horny Logan Square farmers market, um, where our intern at the time, Kaylee, now a great freelancer for us, wrote about all of the people who show up at the Logan Square Farmer's Market looking to find a mate. Um, we have been thinking of making Logan Square Horny Farmer's Market merch and are super open to any ideas y'all might have on that. And today we have another one of my favorite stories of the year that also is silly. The Cook County Treasurer, Maria Pappas makes her own calendars every year wearing a variety of brightly colored jackets. It's so weird. It's in English and in Greek. And it's just one of those bizarre things that you'll only see in Chicago. The news can be really heavy, especially the last few years. So I'm really glad that Black Club at Black Club we can, you know, not take ourselves so seriously from time to time and in addition to doing the important work we do the silly stuff too um thanks
2: hi everyone this is hannah buford block club's newsletter and hotline manager i help build all of our neighborhood newsletters every week as well as manage our coronavirus hotline Um, my favorite story of the year was our bronzeville reporter jamie's coverage of the Dancing Washington Park crossing guard, Tammy Anderson, so I'm just going to read you a brief part of this story so you can get an idea of what a joy this story is to read. Tammy Anderson believes a smile can make all the difference in someone's day. For six years, the crossing guard has kept students safe at Beasley Academic Center using a stop sign and a kilowatt smile that makes drivers alter their routes just to get a dose of her cheer. The mother of three doesn't simply escort a group of tiny backpacks across the street she is a non-stop dance machine, waving at passersby, directing traffic with her brightly colored nails, and keeping her rhythm as she keeps order on State Street. And I think the reason why I just really love this story and our coverage is... It's so good to read about people seemingly making small differences in our community, but they they really become such a large part of the community and the fabric of our neighborhoods. And I think Jamie really captured the essence of that in this story. And another reason why I really love this coverage is because about a month later, Jamie wrote a follow-up article about Tammy Anderson facing eviction from her home. And she was hoping to raise $5,000 by June 1st. And within two hours of that story going up um, her goal was met and block club readers and well-wishers donated more than three times her goal and i think it's just the perfect encapsulation of everything that block club wants to do and everything our readers want to see of supporting people in our community giving people in our community recognition for the good that they're doing and the good that they're bringing and continuing to support each other through hard times and good times you
3: know i think it's a testament to our mission and the mission of our subscribers hey it's mina bloom i cover logan square humboldt park and avondale for black club one of my favorite stories from this past year One that really made me smile was a story I covered back in April about a Mexican folklorico dance program at a Logan Square elementary school and how that program has really taken off at the school. I learned through reporting that ballet folklorico is a dance form that has deep roots in Mexico. It's believed to have originated as early as the 17th century. Basically, you wear special shoes and you stomp in unison to Mexican folk music. There are also beautiful, colorful skirts that women and girls wear and men occasionally will wear cowboy hats. I visited Gerda Elementary School back in April and got to spend some time with the students who are practicing dance and with the dance instructor and talk to a lot of the students' parents. And it was just so special to see the kids really enjoying practicing this ancient dance form and to also talk to the parents about how, how much this means to their family, um, how it really keeps them connected to their Mexican heritage and I would also highly recommend checking out the story for Colin Boyle's amazing photos that he took while we were out there in April. This story is just so sweet and so cute and I really enjoyed working on it.
4: Hey there, this is Colin Boyle, your local photojournalist here at Block Club Chicago. You know, as a lifelong Chicagoan, I have the pleasure and honor of photographing all of our neighbors in every situation, in every corner of this incredible city that we call home. I think one of my favorite moments that I've gotten to photograph this year was something that felt like an everyday moment for most Chicagoans, or a wonderful core memory for Chicagoans in their childhood. And that was back in June when the park districts had their pools closed as temperatures were Over 100 degrees. I was in the back of the yards neighborhood looking for people just trying to stay cool. And I was going up Wood Street and I ran into this group of kiddos and their families splashing around in one of the fire hydrants that they had opened up. And it was just this pure sense of joy, just in the simplest and coolest of forms. The parents were okay with me hanging out. We chatted in Spanish and the kiddos were splashing around having just the most simple and beautiful fun. And I spent over an hour there just hanging out and learning their stories and got to share the photos with the families after. We get to cover and see so much in this city as journalists here from the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think one that's just what makes... This moment my favorite moment of the year is just the simplicity and something that we all could share and of course the silliness of watching the city's water department truck drive down the street and watching the kids wave their fingers at them saying no 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 you're not taking our little water party away from us that was my favorite photo story of the year of course it's hard to pick just one so thank you all for supporting the great breadth of work that we get to cover every day here at block club chicago it means the world to me, and I can't wait to see what stories we get to cover in 2023.
5: Um, hi, this is Quinn Myers. I cover Wicker Park, Bucktown, West Town, and Ukrainian Village for Block Club. Uh, and this year, as you might imagine, I covered a lot of stories involving the fallout from the war in Ukraine um, centered around Ukrainian Village um, on the western part of the West Town area. I covered everything from protests to coat drives to fundraisers to stories of families who had made their way all the way from Ukraine to Poland, to Mexico, and finally to Chicago. But I think my favorite story that I covered was about a young woman named Tatiana Shkirdin. Um, Tatiana has lived in Chicago for about the past decade, but she is originally from central Ukraine, where her entire family still lives, um, her brother, her parents, and her grandparents. And as you might imagine, when the Russian invasion started in February this year, she was horrified. She was really, really concerned for her family and felt like she couldn't really do anything. She was thousands of miles away in Chicago. Uh, She works here at a car dealership. Um, So she was talking to her family all the time, watching the news, um, and then one day realized she could do something. She realized that she could put her sewing skills to use. Um, So she started uh, buying up blue and yellow fabric and started sewing Ukrainian flags to then sell them uh, and buy and donate money to groups in Ukraine who were purchasing gear for Ukrainian soldiers, food supplies, that sort of thing. Over the course of a few weeks, Tatiana ended up sewing dozens of Ukrainian flags. People all over the neighborhood were buying them and flying them outside their houses. And she raised um, a few thousand dollars for uh, Ukrainian relief efforts. Um, And it was just a great example of someone figuring out what they can do, even if they're so far removed from an issue or from a conflict like Tatiana was.
0: We'll have more stories that warmed our hearts in 2022 in just a little bit. But speaking of hearts, this episode is sponsored in part by the American Heart Association. And University of Chicago cardiologist Dr. Brian Smith joins us now. And Brian, the holidays can be really stressful for our mental health, but also our heart's health too. Between
6: December 25th and January 1st, we see the most amount of heart attacks any other, other week of the year. And there are a lot of reasons for that. As you mentioned, this can be a very stressful time of year. We're seeing family and friends that we don't typically see. We're indulging a lot of unhealthy food and drinking a lot more than we typically do. Our schedules are all thrown up. All this can be a perfect storm to put us at risk for having a cardiovascular event during the holidays.
0: And you mentioned perfect storm. Obviously, it's the winter. We're going to have snowfall coming.
6: During snowstorms, people try to be a hero. They go outside with their shovel, and they try to. Shovel snow, and we, we see a lot of patients who have heart attacks as a result of shoveling snow. It's very important that not to do any type of strenuous activity that you don't do during other time of the year. Go out and shovel very slowly, take a lot of breaks, drink a lot of water, and if you're someone who has underlying cardiovascular risk factors or a history of uh, uh, any cardiac history, or to talk to your physician before doing any type of activity like shoveling snow.
0: What are some of the signs? I mean, I know it's it's generic sometimes. It's hard to pinpoint.
6: I mean, there are classic signs and symptoms of having a heart attack. So What you, what you see and feel is, is you should feel squeezing of your, your chest beneath your breastbone. It's worse with exertion and better with rest. Um, you may also feel some jaw pain or tingling in your arm. However, uh, a lot of people have different types of symptoms. If you feel short of breath when you're when you're um, doing any type of activity, um, it's also important to note that a lot of times women don't have classic signs and symptoms of a heart attack. Their signs may be much more subtle. So if you're somebody who just notices that somebody doesn't feel right in your chest and things feel off, it's important to see a doctor, especially during this time of year.
0: Absolutely. And for more of those symptoms and other great information about what the American Heart Association does, head to heart.org. And now back to our favorite stories of 2022.
7: Hi, it's alex v hernandez i mainly cover lincoln square north center ravenswood albany park and irving park for block club back in may i wrote about a suburban man named raul basulto who was the victim of a hit and run in irving park he repairs and services atms and was doing that at a bar named the cabin at old irving when he went outside to his parked jeep to grab something out of his trunk while going through his trunk of the jeep the driver of a truck slammed into a car that was parked behind raul and it seriously injured him he was injured so badly that After that collision, doctors initially thought they'd have to remove Raoul's leg, but... Thanks to his family advocating for him, he was eventually transferred to Northwestern Hospital and doctors spent weeks there trying to save his leg. It was during the course of my reporting on the initial hit and run and then a rules recovery that I got to know his friends and family. They told me that rules a Marine Corps veteran, he's very active in his community's Boy Scout troop and veteran groups in the suburban Elwood Park area. And overall from everyone that I spoke to, they just described him as a really nice dude who's always ready to help someone out without hesitation. It's because of that, his friends, family, and even the owner of the cabin, they all got together to help Raul recover physically, emotionally, and even financially from this injury. Over the course of reporting about his injury and recovery, I was so happy to hear back in July, that he was well enough to continue his recovery at home. I'm
8: Maxwell Evans, and I cover my home neighborhood of South Shore, plus several others along the South Lakefront, from Hyde Park to the Indiana border. These neighborhoods are known to billions of people as the best part of Chicago, or the most scenic stretches of lakefront in town. My favorite story to cover this year was about the Washington Park Camera Club, which put together a wonderful exhibit for Frederick Law Olmsted's 200th birthday. Olmsted designed Washington Park, Jackson Park, and the Midway Plaisance as one big unit, The South Park System. In his honor, the camera club's members paired decades-old pictures of scenes in the South Park System with new images of life in the parks today. Club member Yvonne Kerry Carter blended a 1910 photo of a man in a three-piece suit with a new photo of a man in sneakers, jeans, and locks. It's as if the two are sharing a graffiti-tagged bench and taking in the beauty of the park. Never mind that they're separated by 110 years. Harvey Cobb Jr. posed for a photo behind the George Washington Monument in the 1930s and his son, Harvey Cobb III, recreated the photo and included both in the exhibit. Club member Linda Jones Woody dug up a 1910 photo of sheep grazing in Washington Park and paired it with a photo of Canada geese grazing in 2021. The sheep were serving as lawnmowers, but my guess is the geese were actually fertilizing the grass and helping it grow, if you catch my drift. Beyond being a showcase for the works of talented photographers, this story was an opportunity to learn about the Camera Club and get to know its members. It's a Washington Park institution that's touted as the oldest club for black photographers in the city. I treasure the opportunity to meet and learn from the Washington Park Camera Club. It's been around since 1955, so here's to 70 more years.
9: This is Kelly Bauer, one of the senior editors at Block Club. This year, one of the most exciting stories I got to work on was my investigation into COVID-19 pop-up companies in Chicago. Our first story came from readers telling us they were encountering all kinds of issues at the pop-up sites, even as COVID-19 cases were surging and folks were desperate to get tested. I looked deeper into the companies behind these pop-ups. I found companies based in Chicago in the nearby suburbs were running hundreds of sites all throughout the country and had been paid more than $580 million from the federal government, but were repeatedly being cited by investigators for giving inaccurate, flawed, or even fake results. While regular folks struggled to get tested and make safe choices, executives at these companies raked in millions and some of them bragged about buying million-dollar sports cars and mansions with COVID money. Our investigation led to many of the sites being closed down. The Center for COVID Control, which had more than 300 sites nationally, shut down entirely. I love stories like these because they show that even if Block Club is scrappy, we're mighty, and we work hard to protect our readers and hold the powerful to account. Hi
10: everyone, it's Jake Wittick here. I'm your Lakeview, Lincoln Park, and LGBTQ news reporter for Block Club. I've covered a lot of business openings this year, but one of my favorite businesses to write about was Han Training. Han Training is a transgender and Korean-owned gym in North Halstead that's creating a safe space for anyone to get into strength training, no matter their gender, sexuality, body type, ethnicity, or anything else. (laughs) Thank you. The <laughs> cat The owner, Minky Kim, who's also known as Lifty Boy, started the business about two years ago to create strength training programs that align with their values of dismantling white supremacy, queer and transphobia, fatphobia, ableism, and classism. Kim opened Han Training's brick-and-mortar gym this February, and the business has grown to become a really cool community hub for various queer people. The gym has gender-neutral bathrooms, wheelchair-accessible entrance ramps, heavier-weighted benches for people of all sizes, thicker mats for those with stress joints, and a ton of more amenities. It also offers sliding scale pricing for people of varying financial situations. Han Training is overall just a cool place that's built a really special sense of community in the several months it's been open. They've held fundraisers for the Brave Space Alliance, had a family photo day where everyone came in to take pictures together, and they've also done beach takeovers. So it's a really special place and I hope to write about more like Han Training next year.
11: Hello, my name is Mac Liederman. I'm a general assignment reporter of Block Club Chicago. I cover citywide stories and human interest stories, and one of the most important stories of the year for me was early on in January, when I went to Children of Peace Catholic School in E. Garfield Park and got the chance to meet Sean Harrington, who's just an incredible, resilient person that I think every Chicagoan should know about. Sean was a standout basketball player at Marshall High School, who was featured in the documentary Hoop Dreams. He went on to play Division One basketball, and after all of that, decided to go right back to Marshall to coach and teach wanting to help the next generation of Chicagoans rise above their circumstances and have a better life. And Sean, unfortunately, in January of 2014, was at a red light in Humboldt Park with his daughter, driving her to school when he was shot and paralyzed from the waist down. And after that, Sean received ample media attention. He received well wishes from celebrities. But through it all years later, the media kind of died down a little bit, and Sean look to forge a new new life, look to find gainful employment, find a safe place to live that uh, accommodated his disability. And that was a cha- challenge for Sean. And he was finally able to find his own place at Children of Peace once again, where many of the kids are also dealing with situations of gun violence, past gun violence in their family. And it's not as flashy as Marshall High School or to playing Division One ball, but Sean was able to find his place once again in this gym, teaching these kids and watching him interact with them was just beautiful and He said a quote that I'm going to keep with me a really long time that definitely helped me get through my own year. He said he had every right to wake up this morning and say, F this, I don't feel like doing anything, but he doesn't take that attitude. Every day he wakes up with a smile on his face and he says, what can I do to get my day going? Sean's story is now one of resiliency. He took his story of hardship and turned it to one of resiliency. And as journalists, as media, I think it's our responsibility if we're with people in their darkest moments, we should be with them in their brightest as well.
0: Well, that'll do it for us today and for the year. We really appreciate you listening. 2022 has been great. We've grown our podcast audience a ton. It means a lot to me. And of course, our great news team at Block Club Chicago. We're trying to get to 20,000 subscribers on the website And that goes a long way to help us provide these great stories. So please, 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 please consider becoming a donor to Block Club. Just go to the website, BlockClubChicago.org, and follow the donate buttons. Thank you so much, everyone. Till next time, I'm John Hanson, and we'll drop another pod on you next year.